Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Hello, friends. It is such an honor and a pleasure to come to you again with another wonderful interview from a very strong woman. We are all connected on this journey, and the more that we can learn from each other and embrace each other, the better the journey becomes. This next woman talks about the collective arms that we can wrap around each other and many other things. I'm so excited for you to learn from her insight. Here's the interview. It is such a pleasure today to have Mary Rice Booth with us. She is a black woman. She is an educator. She is a runner. She's a mom. She is a wife. And I'm really so excited to hear some of her insights. So welcome, Mary. Thank you so much, Gina, for having me. Absolutely. Um, Before we get started on some of the questions, I was wondering, Mary, if you could just give the listeners a little more background on who you are. Sure. Um, And definitely would um, all the the words that she used, um, a little bit more into that. Um, I'm a uh, Wisconsinite uh, through way of New York City, now in Texas. <laughs> um, and and um, I am most proud of obviously being a, a mom of, a, of two kids. Um, my daughter is 14 and my son is five. Um, and um, for work, what I do is I'm a chief equity officer of a nonprofit organization. Um, so what that means is we, I work primarily with school districts across the country um, and educators really thinking about what does it mean um, for us to really drastically change our education school system so that it's actually built and prepares particularly our black and brown students um, for success. I love that. And I want to talk more about that as we kind of go through our questions here, um, because I just think, uh, gosh, we have so much to learn from you. And I think that what you're doing is really needed and profound work. So I want to hear more about it as we get further into the episode. Um, But yeah, let's let's start off by um, talking a little bit through some of the things that you've gone through in your life, Mary, that have helped shape the person you are and that have presented challenges that you've kind of grown through. Um, If you'd want to share some of those struggles that would be great. Yeah. Um, I think for me, there's there's two big um, primary hurdles, one that's very active, current, and one that's current, um, but um, a little bit further in the past. And the first one, probably the passing of my father. Um, that was six years ago, um, earlier this month. Um, and for him, it was very uh, rapid. So he was diagnosed with cancer and was, um, gone within six months. And so I was, and I was seven months pregnant, um, when he passed and, um, he was in Texas and I was, we were in New York city. So I wasn't even able to, um, I was too far along in a high risk pregnancy, wasn't able to be there at his funeral. Um, so I think that experience, um, definitely put me in a place like, what do I need to do first? making sure that my, my family was first, first and foremost. Um, and then I think also just what do I need to do with my life in order to make sure that I have a, have were able to, to leave this world, feel like I've done everything that I could do. And so <laughs> I think, um, that, um, that spurred me to go and get my doctorate. It spurred me to, you know, to, 
you know, my husband and I decided that we were going to move from New York City to, to Texas to be closer to my mom because we felt like we wanted our grandkids to be around their grandmother. Um, and also just as hard as it is, just really trying to um, balance what it means to, to, to really believe and feel like my career is really important, but also making sure my family is important. And then at the same time is also that's when I started running. Um, and so um, that has also um, really become a really huge central point of my life. And I was always, always an athlete and always did activities, but running was really um, became, has become a central point of my life and a big part of the healing process. Absolutely. Um, Of course, I'm getting teared up and hearing your journey. Um, The death and the passing of a parent is just indescribable um, and so painful. Um, And I think that the fact that it called you to just be this bigger version even of yourself and ask yourself, am I doing everything I can do to leave the kind of legacy that I want to leave behind? I, I just, that resounds for me so much. I, I can relate to it. And I, I think that it's an important point to make that that can be done in the face of, of grief and sorrow and despair that we can, we still have the opportunity to sort of take that experience and, and use it to make something better of ourselves and something better of this world. So I think that's very powerful, uh, Mary, and thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry about the loss of your dad. Thank you. Yeah. And I know that um, in recent years, you were telling me that another challenge has come your way. And, um, and you know, just this past August, you were a kidney donor. So can you tell us a little b- bit more about that as well? Yeah. Um, my, um, my husband and I have been, my husband and I have been together 15, 16 years. Um, a long time. Um, and the, um, <laughs> The year that we were engaged, he was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, And so we had always been um, monitoring that and and making sure that he was doing well. Um, Unfortunately, in the past two years, he was also diagnosed with high blood pressure. Um, And that's, um, as anybody knows, that's a a lethal cocktail um, of of, um, illnesses. And that led to him, um, led to kidney failure. Um, So he's, he was on, he's been on dialysis over a year. um, And I, um, amazingly, right, is usually a sibling that is a match. Um, But I was able to actually, um, through an exchange, it wasn't an exact match, but I was able to to be the one that donated my kidney um, for him to um, receive a kidney. Um, And so um, it was definitely, um, you know, challenging to have, you know, we said, you know, both parents down, so both parents that were, you know, um, were in the hospital and having to recover at the same time. Um, But I feel like it, it kind of, I was led there, right? Like the fact of I took the past um, four years and was in, probably the best shape of my life, best, best um, health in my life in regards to like eating well. Um, and so it felt like I would, it was, it was literally being led to the fact of being able to, to make this um, donation to him. Um, and knowing that I, I was in a space where I knew that I could bounce back. Um, and it has been, um, you know, about seven, eight weeks since, since, um, 
sense of donation. And I am, I'm back running, um, not as fast as I was before, but I just, the, the ability to, to be able to run a couple of miles every day. And then also to see him um, be able to be up and um, active and playing with our son is just, um, it means that it was all worth it. So. <sighs> So awesome. I mean, I think what you did is incredible. And I think it's really cool that the running probably helped. Um, it was an outcome, like you said, of, of your father passing and some of the things that happened after that, but then it enabled you um, to be healthy enough to do this. And so I can't talk enough about all of the benefits of running, both physical and mental. Um, yeah. And so I'm so glad that, that you know, you were able to be healthy enough to donate. And um, tell us a little bit more with both of these, with losing your father and going through this process with your husband. Um, were there specific people, Mary, that helped you along the way? Or do you remember something specific someone said to you that was powerful during this journey that might help someone else who's listening right now? Um, I, mean, I think the biggest person was my sister, um, who is um, eight years my senior. And so you would think that we, you know, being that far apart that um, you wouldn't be that close as siblings, but we are we're number three and number four in birth order. Um, and she always says, you know, I, she asked for me. And so, <laughs> so therefore I am, her, I, I am hers. Um, so, um, so we've, you know, we, we've always been close. Um, and so I think um, she has been the person that has um, been the, in my corner from day one um, and has really supported me throughout, throughout every single step of the way. So I think definitely having her um, and having other friends that have um, been able to, you don't, I think you don't realize how many people are impacted by um, situations until you go through it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so I think the, um, first the passing of my father, then all of a sudden you're realizing all these people around you that also lost parents as well. Um, right. And I think having that circle was really, has been really supportive. And then again, um, with my husband, again, having people that like, oh, you know, this, my husband also, you know, has gone through um, transplants and having, again, having those folks that know and ha- have, have the um, foresight to see that they can tell you this is you're about to turn a corner or this is about to happen or you don't be um alarmed if you know if this doesn't go right tomorrow but it it, you will keep going right um so i think having having folks around you that can give you um that guidance has been extremely helpful for me. And so I don't, I'm not quite sure if there's been a particular saying or, you know, uh, words of encouragement, but I think just the collective, having those collective arms around me has been um, truly um, encouraging and supportive. Uh, I like the I like the way you say collective arms. Um, I wish we could all offer more collective arms to each other. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's something so powerful we can do as humans. And sometimes we forget the power that we have just just through that, you know. Um, so it sounds like in terms of offering women encouragement who might be going through the loss of a parent or some health issue with their with their significant other that is very serious. Um, you know, one piece is just to encourage people to get connected, to look Look for the collective arms to ask for help when you need it and also to seek out those people who've maybe walked a similar path. Um, is there anything else you'd like to put out there in terms of words of encouragement for someone who might be facing something similar, Mary? 
Yeah, I mean, those are all great ones. I think also it's just giving yourself grace. Um, I think it's a huge one. Um, I've, I'm, uh, I like routine. I like um, predictability. Um, I'm a, I love organization and organizing. <laughs> um, and so um, not being able to foresee the future is really hard for me. Um, and I think through both experiences, giving myself the grace to be to recognize that I, I can't control the future. Um, and I'm just gonna have to um, roll with whatever comes my way yeah. um, and do the best that I can, um, I think is um, is really important to, um, to recognize. And that um, just because I didn't do exactly what I wanted to do doesn't mean that, you know, I'm, I'm messing up being a parent or, you know, my kids are going to, you know, not going to turn out okay because um, I didn't have everything in order um, for them. And so I think that that grace is, is really, um, really important. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I just feel like we all have to realize sometimes that we are imperfect human beings and we're works in progress, you know, and we have to give ourselves time to, um, to grow and learn and give ourselves grace. And, um, and also, like you said, um, sometimes we, we really don't have control of certain situations. And so just having right. that flexibility, you know, it's just, it helps us to be more resilient as well. Um, when we can see, you know, different ways to solve a problem or be flexible with different paths to get to a certain destination or goal. Mm-hmm. Um, all great advice. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, how you have experienced COVID and, you know, how you all are doing down there in Texas. I know it's different than it is here in California for me, for sure. But tell us about mm-hmm. your, how you're adjusting to the new norm and sort of how, how you've gone through that and use some of your strength that you've, you know, that you've gathered from your past struggles to make it through. Yeah. I and mean, I think the, the biggest challenge has been um, keeping yeah. Um, the high-risk people around me um, as safe as possible, right? right. So my, my husband is a high-risk category. My mom is in the high-risk category. My brother is, right? So really making sure that um, we kind of kept our bubble um, and really made sure that we didn't um, get pierced <laughs> um, at all with them has been the biggest um, adjustment. I think obviously that the the other adjustment has been primarily for my my daughter who ha- you know was in eighth grade um in, in at that time and missed eighth grade graduation and prom and kind of all of those traditional kind of pomp and circumstance that happens yeah. um in the transition and thankfully she's a um she's not very traditional <laughs> so um she was a she's okay missing a, a lot of that um so that i'm thankful for that um but i think for us it was um just a matter of like just keeping keeping those folks around me as safe as possible so i became the um you know the the grocery store runner the the errands runner like that the you know the person just that i would go out um and you know make sure that um they got everything that they needed so they didn't have to interact with as, as few as people as possible. Um, I think for the big, and the, for me personally, I think the biggest loss was the loss of races, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I had, I can't remember, I had, um, I had the New York City half and the Brooklyn half um, lined up um, before, um, right before um, it, that was, you know, happening. I think the uh, New York City half was like, 
the week or two right after like New York City shut down. Um, oh, and so, and then I had, um, I was supposed to run that um, New York City Marathon um, what was that in a couple of weeks. Um, so all of those things, I think for me personally was a, a loss, but then I think it became, again, trying to look at what was all lined up for me is the fact that if I was running the New York City Marathon in a couple of weeks, there's no way I could have been able to donate my kidney to my husband in the end of August. Right. right. So yeah. realizing that, that, you know, again, it was, you know, there was, um, that was a plan that was in place that I, I needed to be able to, that was a priority. Right. And I can run the mar- I can run a marathon next year and that's okay. Um, but the, I, my husband couldn't wait for another year for a kidney. Yeah. Um, so that's right. It's crazy how these things work out sometimes, you know, and somehow the plan is made perfect. Um, even through our struggle and, and things that, that seem so difficult. Um, and I do, I agree. A lot of, um, women who come on and chat, we talk about how we're all sort of mourning the loss of these races. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of beauty to be found in the fact that we are able to still get out and run. Um, and yes. the, and the powerful mental effects that that has for all of us as we're going through, um, you know, continuing to go through this pandemic, um, and what a mental boost it is for us, um, to have running. So, um, one day the races will return, I hope, <laughs> but until yeah. then, yeah. Um, well, good. I'm going to shift gears one more time because I really am so excited for you to tell people more about your work and some strategies and ways that we can all um, work on, you know, creating a better a better country and um, being better people and raising our children um, to be better people. So I want you to, if you would, Mary, just talk to us a little bit about um, the Leadership Academy and some of your work and um, maybe some strategies that we can do to help in the fight for, uh, you know, social and racial justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of my work is about starting with awareness, right, mm-hmm. and making sure that the um, the district leaders and the principals and the teachers that I um, interact with every day have an understanding of our history of the country and then understanding that um, they are in a system that um, is wasn't designed for the kids that they're, they're interacting with on a regular basis, right? Um, and it wasn't, you know, like, and this is all kids, you know, black, white, um, brown, our, our education system that was designed for, um, you know, for um, wealthy white males um, that had, um, you know, owned a lot of property and own land, right. And so that's a really small segment of our world right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so, so it is important for every student um, to be able to understand that um, this is kind of where we, this is our current situation, but then it's also important to be able to um, learn about all the different people and the people's stories um, that may, um, that that made our country what it is and make the world what we're, um, what it is. And so um, my, my charge is for people just to be, number one, to be aware of the structures and systems that we're doing, and then giving our students that opportunity to form their own opinions. Um, and so when we talk about, um, you know, just because it's October, so if we talk about Christopher Columbus, but we also talk about indigenous people and who was here before and give their story as well. So it doesn't mean that we have to cancel Christopher Columbus, but it just means that we just have to give, he is one perspective and he is one story and tell 
his story and not just the rosy color story, but also the like what the impact that he had, but then also being able to tell the story um, of the native people that were here before him and then letting our students kind of make make opinions and judgments themselves, right? So they kind of get all, all the information together. Um, and so that's um, some of the work that I do. And a lot of the work is is kind of helped thinking about at the system level. Um, and so, uh, so look, some suggestions I would make is I think a lot of folks are in the space of just reading and learning, right? And I think that is incredibly important. Um, I'm a former English and, and social studies teacher. So I'm like, yes, read everything, read all the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so key, but also like have the conversation as well. Um, and I call them unpracticed conversations. They're not for me, they're not uncomfortable or difficult because I have them all the time, but they're just unpracticed, right? And so engage in the conversation with folks about what they are seeing and reading and getting and gaining people's perspectives and being able to have a conversation about um, the impact of race um, in our country or the impact and how can we be um, collectively be better, right? Um, and, and supporting everyone. So I think that's a big piece. And I see this this um, unpracticed piece, I think it's so, it's something that you're always working on um, and that you're not going to get right, the right, first of all, right? And so I think that's really important people to know that you're going to say something wrong. You're going to offend somebody. It's okay. <laughs> say I offended you. I'm apo- I apologize. I recognize I didn't say that right, but I'm working on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a big piece that people need to understand that you just got to keep working on it. Um, and then I think it's also important for the third thing I would say is around is recognizing that if you are a person with privilege and or power, how are you using that? Um, and how are you using that to help so, to bring somebody else to that space and, and place that you have, right? So if I am a, if I am um, a woman and I am on a board, looking around, does everybody else on that board um, of directors look the same that I do? Um, And how can I be the person to say, you know what, maybe we need to get a different voice in here, a different couple voices around this table, right? Um, Or if I am in this, you know, again, just being keen and aware of what um, spaces that you are in. um, And if everybody looks like you, that you're in that space, that means you're not getting something, right? And we all, you know, studies tell us about the the um, the impact of diversity um, and diverse of thought, diverse of perspectives, right? And every all of that really does um, help people become better. Yes, uh, this is all such powerful stuff, and I just thank you so much for sharing it. I love. Um, how you call it unpracticed conversations. Um, I think that's an awesome term. I haven't heard it before. Um, and I think you're so right. I think that that these conversations are unpracticed. And so by nature, sometimes they make us a little uncomfortable, right? And I think part of that discomfort um, lies in the fact that we're afraid we're going to say something wrong. Um, but we right. have to reach a little bit, right? to reach and we have to be willing to expand our mind and to gather new perspectives and to ask the questions and, um, and to be unafraid to, to get it wrong and, and then just apologize and, and move forward together. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I love that, Mary. I also, I love how you're talking about, you know, if you are in a position of power, how, how can you use that to, you know, bring more diversity? Um, I also would extend that to just saying in general, using your vocation, whatever it may be, you know, how, look at, look at the people around you 
you and how, you know, how can you make a change? How can you bring in more diversity, new perspectives? Um, how can you use your trade? How can you use your life? You know, the people that you that you come into in your life, even if you're not in a position of power, um, you know, that you can you can potentially bring more diversity um, into your life, into the lives of your children, um, into the lives of your family and friends. So anyway, really awesome stuff. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you're doing fantastic work. So um, before I wrap up with a little positivity push at the end um, with just a couple of quick questions, I would love it if you would want to tell people um, how to find out more information about what you do, Mary, and how they can find you if you'd like to do that as well. Sure. Um, the, I mean, obviously the our organization, um, you are able to find us by the leadership academy, one word.org. Um, to find me, um, I'm at two places at Twitter. I'm at edu, edu underscore traveler. Um, I used to before COVID, uh, travel a lot <laughs> across the country. <laughs> so, <Shoot. laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so that's my, and then, um, on Instagram, I'm M rice booth with an E, uh, and the number nine. Awesome. Awesome. So I encourage everyone to go out and, and, and find out more about um, the Leadership Academy and what they do and their work and um, reading through, um, you know, Mary's blog and stuff too. It's, there's, these are all ways to build your awareness and then take that into those unpracticed conversations and then ask yourself, the next step is how, you know, how you can use whatever you're doing in your life to make a difference and make a change. Um, so great stuff. So we're going to move towards wrapping up with the positivity push at the end. Just a couple quick little questions. Are you ready for that, Mary? I think so. (laughs) Very easy. Um, Okay. The first question, Mary, name a few things that bring you joy, simple things that bring you joy. Oh, um, running definitely Uh in the, in the morning, um, chocolate, dark chocolate in particular brings me joy. Um, and hugs from my kids. Oh, I love that. Perfect. Um, okay. The next two are complete the sentence. Okay. So the sentence that you're going to complete it and that this message is going to go out to anyone who might be listening. Um, so the first sentence to complete, you can, you can, um, you can do anything, um, that you desire as long as you have a plan. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So I've heard you can do anything you desire, but I love the plan part um, because that can be really crucial. Um, So (laughs) that's great. Um, And then the very last one, complete the sentence, Mary. Never forget. You are doing the best that you can do right now. That's beautiful. And that goes back to giving ourselves grace, especially during this time. Um, you know, just give ourselves grace and know that we're, we're all doing the best we can. And sometimes we come to the end of the day and we think, huh, that really didn't work out that well today. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's always tomorrow, right? There's always tomorrow. Yes. So exactly. giving ourselves that grace. Um, well, I thank you so much for being here today. It was my pleasure to chat with you. So thanks for taking a few minutes to come on and, and, and share your perspective. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And listeners, we appreciate you being here too. Um, We hope that this message was powerful for you today, brought some positivity into your day and gave you some real strategies as we continue to navigate these times together. I wish you all um, the collective arms of your family and friends um, to boost you um, and lift you up along your way. And I also, um, I ask you all to consider, like Mary said in the beginning of this episode, 
Am I doing everything I can do in my life? Let me leave a legacy that I'm proud of. Um, such amazing, powerful words. Um, so never forget um, that you have the power to make a change and um, also know that connected, we can rise.